Bumpy Road, my weekly market review, February 12th, 2023. This process is likely to take quite a bit of time. It's not going to be smooth. It's probably going to be bumpy. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said on Tuesday in a speech in Washington, D.C., referring to getting inflation back to the Fed's 2% target. But he could just as easily have been talking about the road to an eventual end of this bear market and a transition to a more sustainably bullish environment for stocks. The conventional wisdom is that the current bottom recorded last October is likely in. And going forward, dips are to be bought by short-term investors and the larger the dip, the more aggressive the buying should be. Much as I would love for this to be the case, I do want to urge a degree of caution. First, Powell, who has pushed back against the market narrative of peaking and then declining interest rates in 2023, has a long history of sounding one way in a speech, only to correct it at a later time. In fact, this has been a hallmark of Powell's chairmanship. He will blow in the wind, depending on the data that comes out in the coming days and weeks. Exhibit A will be the latest inflation data out this week. Second, it's not really going to matter to investors if we've reached peak hawkishness and peak interest rates, if we're headed for an economic hard landing, that is, inflation conquered, but at the cost of a damaging recession. Because stocks absolutely will drop from current levels in that instance. While they may not take out that October low, we could easily be facing a 10% plus pullback on a hard landing, regardless of what the Fed does or doesn't do. So it's essential that the evidence continues to point towards a soft landing, that is, inflation conquered, avoiding a damaging recession. So the data remains very important, regardless of what Powell and his minions may say. Third, inflation absolutely must keep consistently falling from one print to the next. Otherwise, we risk a 1970s style stop, start, Fed rate hike campaign. And that uncertainty and apparent lack of control and competency on the part of the Fed would be the absolute worst case scenario, scenario for both stocks and bonds. Inflation is falling, but it's nowhere close to the Fed's target yet. The labor market is making zero progress towards a better balance between available jobs and unemployment. For this sustainable long-term economic growth, which feeds higher stock prices, an economy must have a highly visible and indisputable low inflation and healthy labor markets. On that subject... Goldman Sachs last week reduced its likelihood of a recession this year from a 35% probability to 25%. That's good news for stocks. At the same time, Fed officials swarmed across the country, busily busily ratcheting up the rhetoric to try and create a narrative that we are absolutely not out of the woods yet. Federal Reserve Bank of New York President John Williams said the guidance for peak interest rates of 5.1% this year is still reasonable and that rates may need to be kept there for a few years. Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller noted the central bank's interest rate hikes were starting to pay off, 
but it will take some time for inflation to get back to the 2% target. Federal Reserve Governor Lisa Cook said the central bank is not yet done with interest rate increases, but she still believes a soft economic landing is possible. Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari said that he anticipates that interest rates will go above 5% at some point this year and expects them to remain high for a while to cool inflation. Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta President Rafael Bostich went much further, even referring at one point to the possibility of a 6% terminal rate. In what is beginning to feel like a coordinated campaign to win the hearts and minds of the investing community, similar sentiments were also expressed last week by European Central Bank officials, as well as J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, who told Reuters that it's too early to declare victory over inflation. This PR onslaught did seem somewhat successful in reining in some of the more wide-eyed optimism that we had seen the previous week and stocks spent most of the week stumbling along rather like a drunken sailor, continually taking one step forward and then two steps back to end up lower for the week. The exception was in the energy sector as Russia announced a cut in oil production, spiking oil prices and boosting the value of energy stocks. With shorter-term interest rates moving higher at a faster pace than longer-term ones, the yield curve inversion between two-year rates and 10-year rates is at its widest level since the celebration time of Cool and the Gang in 1981. In olden timey days, an inverted yield curve, and especially one inverting more and more steeply over a long period of time, we've been inverted since July 2022, was a nailed-on indicator of a recession right around the corner. The inevitability of this effect is being challenged, however, as many observers are suggesting that if everybody knows about an assumed correlation, then maybe its efficacy is over, and that a recession is far from inevitable just because the yield curve inversion points that way. We need to remain aware that for stocks to remain buoyant in the face of still-rising rates, we need to see, one, inflation, as shown by the Consumer Price Index, not to make any kind of comeback starting this coming Tuesday, and two, important economic readings show stability and ongoing unquestionable improvement. If we get the opposite, we may well need to prep for more painful volatility.